This is a subject that I just think need to hit on once in a while. This, there's a few subjects that I think are important to just hit ever so often. Because they're very important things in our lives right now, in the times that we're living. And they seem to slip away from us. Somehow we just have a hard time keeping our grip on these things. One of them is contentment. Now I'm not going to preach about contentment tonight, but... But this other thing is about being too busy and being overcharged and <coughs> run to death. Let's read these scriptures. Uh, Luke chapter 21, we're going to read uh, 25 through 36. That's 10, 11 verses. So, this is Jesus speaking. And He said, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. Dead, ain't it? Yeah. And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. I think of this verse often when I just think about the world situation right now. The sea and the waves roaring. I wonder what those words mean. I wonder what the Lord was in the Lord's mind when He said those words. I don't think we've perceived it quite yet. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When, when they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Ain't that wonderful? Yes, it is. When you see these things begin to come to pass, it's like when you see the leaves start budding out on the trees, you know, springs at hand. So when you see these things, these all of the things we've read about here. And take heed to yourselves. Here's the admonition to us. All the rest of it's just information. This is the admonition to us. And take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. That's a statement that he made 2,000 years ago that can only be in the times like we're living in. We're a, we're a one world now. I mean, the only thing that's lacking is the one world authority. That's all it's lacking. Everything else is already in place. We're all just, uh, you know, we view everything in a world view now. You hear that phrase a lot. So that's what Jesus said. It's, this snare is going to come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's not just us. It's the whole world that's suffering from this thing. This snare. This came upon us. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye be, may be counted, accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So, there's a way to escape all that. We don't have to be in the rat race, in the squirrel cage with everybody else. We can deal with this thing that's come upon us, that has us all overcharged. Now these last verses here, 34 through 36, we've not really understood them until now. You know, through all the centuries, they've most people have considered them to just be worldly, you know, to mean worldly and indulgence and the mind dulling and the evil results of the kind of a living that that naturally brings, you know. It's not, 
you know, we just haven't, we're seeing it different now than they've seen it through all of the centuries. I really believe that. By, uh, God told uh, Daniel to seal up the book until the time of the end. He said, in the time of the end, knowledge shall increase. Don't you see that in every aspect of it? Any, any direction you want to look, that is being fulfilled now. and has been for a while. I believe the scriptures concerning the coming of the Lord and, and the end times and all open up to the true child of God more and more as the day approaches. I believe that. And at the same time, it's still a mystery to us. But now we're drawn close to His coming. We should be able to clearly see what Jesus is warning us about here when He said to take heed to ourselves lest our hearts be overcharged. You know, the pace of life. Have, has anybody else noticed this? How the pace just keeps picking up, picking up, picking up, picking up. You don't have time to do anything. And I think about this a lot because I've lived long enough to have a reference point back there to kind of tell the difference where a lot of y'all don't. Some of you are so young, you don't know anything different than this. But we used to, the, there's always been 24 hours in a day. That's right. The time has not changed. It's not that we don't have the time now. We've crammed it too full of stuff yes, to do. We have allowed our minds to be so occupied by everything around us that, that it steals our time. Yes, and we say we don't have time. We have the same amount of time as people have always had. And, they, and people, even when I was young, they had time to wash their dishes by hand. They had time to cut their wood and, you know, even have a wood stove. I remember that. Mm -hmm. To cook on, you know. I remember that life, you know, you work so long and you still had time to read, to sit and talk, to do things. We got a lot more done when we didn't have all this conveniences and time and labor-saving devices that we have. <laughs> but the pace of life and everything in the world is picked up by a hundred times or more. Faster. And it, in every area of life, and it keeps on increasing all the time. Seems like every year, seems like by the months almost, it gets harder and harder. It's faster, and it's less and less. We have a hard time finding time for anything, don't we? Yes, You know, even like building the church out here. It's hard for us. And I understand, but it is hard for us to find time to do that. Because we've got too much else to do. What do we got to do? Where's all this came from? It's the snare that has come upon all the earth. That preacher that wrote Henry in the Great Society, he talked about this. And he identified it very clearly. It's a snare of the devil that he is going to do in the last days and he's done it in front of our faces to us. Everything we do, we do it much faster. Is that right? We got all kinds of tools. We got devices. We got things that save us time. I mean, you know, here I'll talk to the women for a while, but just think if you were, if you were, say... Even 70 years ago, 100 years ago, what would your life be at home as a housewife? How would you wash your clothes? By hand. I mean, how would you, how, how did you cook your meals? On a wood stove. That meant wood. That meant building a fire. That meant everything. Where'd you get your hot water? How'd you, how, yeah, you had to heat it up with wood. Did, had to come from somewhere. Much more labor involved. Labor is time. So how do they have time to do all that? More simplicity. Uh, you know, so many other things. We can just go on and on. How'd you do your dishes back then? 
You didn't have a faucet and spray nozzle and a thumb pull down out of the ceiling in every direction and and a dishwasher where you could just throw them in there. Esther's not in here. She was razzing her mom today about the dishwasher and how she loads the dishwasher. But, I mean, who can live without a dishwasher now? <laughs> well, bless your heart. You're one of the few. It's absolute necessity now. The dishwasher's broke. Hate washing dishes. Washing clothes. You, you, it's, a, it's such a hard thing to do because you, you open the door, you throw the clothes in, you pour your thing in, push the button, and go lay on the couch. <laughs> Boy, that'll get me a lot of points, won't it, see? <laughs> the point is, you know the point. I mean, we got all of that stuff to save time and work. And yet, ain't nobody got time for nothing. Let me tell you how it is. You fill your time, no matter what you do, you fill it up. If, if something saves you time, you'll spend it somewhere else. Just like somebody that don't know how to manage their money at all. You'll waste it. You're like, you know, like the child that's got a dollar in the, in the candy stores in his sight. You know, he's going to spend that dollar. That's the way we do with our time. And it's wasted. Everywhere we go, we go much faster, don't we? Faster, 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 faster. How many of you drive below the speed limit all the time? (laughs) Now, what do you do? I I set it on 72 because I've watched those radar things and my speedometer is just a little, and so I can get away with 72. You do that too? We got to get there fast as we can get there. Don't want to waste no time. Why? It's a mindset. It's a mental thing. We get it in our mind, and that's where our mind works. It's hurry, 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 hurry. And and then we get people come along like that when it's slow moving, and we just oh, we can't stand a slow moving, slow talking person. Hurry up, hurry up. Where are we going? What difference does it make? Why don't everybody slow down? You got to slow down here before you'll slow down here. We got to clear our minds somehow. This increase of knowledge, it's a continual flow of information and unlimited access to all information about everything right at our fingertips. How much, how much good does it really do us? It's convenient. And we all like it. But how much good does it really do us? What does the Bible say? He that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Knowledge don't really do you a whole lot of good unless you apply it the right, unless you have wisdom to know how to apply the knowledge and to use it the right. But we just like to know stuff. We think that's of some value. We've been talking about a thing. I think she talked to the girls in Sunday school this morning about it. But what a think is not a thing. And just to think it that's, has no worth. Unless it's put into something that becomes a thing. It has to be played out in real life. It has to become something or the thought's just a thought. What's it worth? Nothing. You can think all day about all you know. Don't, don't improve things for you a bit or anybody else. Nope. And you can waste your life doing that. The increase of everyone's view and comprehension of the world has become broad enough to include the whole world. Internet and social media and satellites and maps. You can get on Google Earth and you can look at every little crack in the ocean floor. You can look everywhere. You can go down to street level and look at the buildings and the people walking around. I mean, anywhere in the world you want to. You can go down to the bottom of Australia. Have you ever played with it a little? You can go down there and look and here's this desert. Australia is almost entirely desert. There's just a little bit of it that's uh, arid land, I guess you'd call that. Am I saying it right? Usable. And the rest of it's just red sand. Mm-hmm. And out in the middle of that, here's this little town. 
I guess they got to haul it all that way down that road. But you can go down there, right in that town. You can look around at the buildings and the cars parked there, and you think, what in the world? We've got a way to, you know, what we can do, what people have never been able to do. Do do you all realize that? It's given people a sense of omniscience. And we're not constituted for that. God didn't make us for that. He didn't make us sufficient for that. But we got that, see? And we're trying and we're trying to assimilate that into our little old selves that can't handle it. What do I need to know about Australia down there for a little town in Australia? I ain't never going there. I don't know nobody there. I ain't got no business there. I ain't never gonna buy nothing from there. They ain't got nothing but sand anyway. <laughs> so why do I need to know about that? There's a whole lot of things that I don't need to know about. What I need to know about is God. I need to know about, I need to have understanding of the times, you do too, that we're living in. And I need to, I need to know about the coming of the Lord and eternity and the Word of God and God Himself. That's what I need to know, but I'm, but most people know little more or less and less about Him and those things and more and more about the world that they live in, the planet that they live on. You know, they got their arms around, yeah. reaching all around all the time. You know, they got this deal where <laughs> this uh, boy's tracking their airplanes, these rich people, you know, and they're upset about it. Well, it's, it's part of this networking thing of the whole world, you know. I mean, they, they harp about green this and green that, you know, and save the planet. And they all got their jet airplanes. At their, I read the other day, Taylor Swift's airplane flying for one trip burned 4,170-some gallons of fuel. Bloated out into the atmosphere. <laughs> and then they're, they're all for saving the planet and leaving a small carbon footprint, which is ridiculous. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. I don't know why in the world that anybody can believe such nonsense. Carbon dioxide, that's carbon. That's what they're talking about. Plants put off carbon dioxide. Well, if that's the problem, let's cut all the trees down on the planet. Because they're spitting out carbon dioxide all the time. But no, they want to kill all the cows because they're they're contributing to the problem. I'm serious. <laughs> and people buy that stuff. The trees don't put off carbon dioxide. They drink it in. I'm sorry. You know my dyslexia. But they put off oxygen. We put off carbon dioxide. Get rid of us. But it, it should start with some of their airplanes that they're, you know, especially the ones that preach it so hard. Like uh, John, the guy that ran for president, looks like a puppet, you know, John Kerry. <laughs> he, he, <clears throat> he sold his to his family <laughs> so he can still fly it, see? He, he can still fly in it, but it's not his plane. Bunch of hypocrites, liars. But it's given people this sense of one worldness. It's part of the devil's plan for the end times. We've known that for years. Overcharged means to be burdened, to be made heavy, to crowd too much. So an overcharged heart is one that's uh, overloaded with emotion and things to think about. All right, well now let's think about that a minute. Drama, drama, drama. News media is now a tabloid. That's the big news. It's all about somebody's drama and immorality and all their problems and they're fighting and they're fussing and and everybody gets in on it. You know, this deal tonight, I guess this is Super Bowl night, right? Yes. <laughs> and we were talking today. And I, I just can't believe that everybody is so dumb that they can't see how they're being played by all this media and stuff. You know, like Taylor Swift and all this stuff been going on. It's a marketing thing to get your money. And it, and it works because it's emotion involved. And 
and idolatry involved. Yes. Idolatrous people yes. like to make an idol. Yes. Football's an idol. Celebrities are idols. Yes, sir. And so they play the people and they just, all that is a big old show and a big act. It's, it's scripted for the masses. And it works. Is what I hear tonight's the big biggest oh, betting. betting that's ever been on the on the yeah. Super Bowl, yeah. and it's going to be the most watched on TV of anything that's ever happened in history. Oh, well, why? Well, because who's going to be there and all the drama, fairyland fantasy goofballs, and everybody will shell out the money. I don't know if it was uh, part of the joke or what, but a guy the other day was trying to get somebody to take his ticket. He was trying to sell tickets for the the Super Bowl. $2,500 a piece. That's cheap. <laughs> That's cheap, huh? Well, this guy said that he was going to... He said he bought the tickets, but he didn't realize it was the same day as his wedding was supposed to happen. So he was looking for somebody to take his place. And he said, it's at St. Lutheran's Church in so-and-so city, and she'll be the one in white. He's going to the Super Bowl, see? That's funny, but that's just about how far their idolatry goes. Seriously. You, I'm like all the rest, you know. You, you cannot imagine how... Uh, how little I care about the about football, about the Super Bowl, or about any of the rest of that mess. Overcharged. Are those people going to be overcharged tonight? Are they right now overcharged? It's I guess seven. What is it? No, we're an hour behind back there. It's almost eight o'clock down there where this is going on. I guess I don't even know where it's going on. Where's it happening at? Las Vegas. <laughs> well, they ain't got started yet, then. Oh well. So an overcharged heart is one that's overloaded with emotion and things to think about. Not only all of that mess, but just bring it right down to where we live, people we know around us. What does their lives? What do their lives consist of? Drama. Drama. They're all just so, you know, they're fighting and fussing and divorcing and shacking and hating and... Isn't that right? They're just... That's all is that's going on everywhere. They're not thinking about life, the future. They're not thinking about their children and raising their children. I'm talking about the majority of people. Some are, but most are not. They're overcharged. That's my point. Surfeiting is, and social media has multiplied that exponentially. Because everybody knows everybody else's business. Surfeiting is excessive eating and drinking. (laughs) Every once in a while we get the yearbooks out and I can look at my schoolmates that I went to high school with 50 years ago almost. 49 years ago. Do you know that there was not a single fat person in my class? Well, I know that sounds ugly, but I mean, where I come from, fat's fat. What else are you going to call it? You can change the word, but it means the same thing. You can say obese, you can say chubby, but that was just a nice way of saying fat back then. There wasn't even anybody close to it. Well, we didn't go out and eat all the time back then. We didn't eat all the time back then. We had a lot of other things to do besides eat. I remember living without thinking about the next meal. What are we going to eat for supper? What are we going to do this? I never even thought about it. You know, mom would fix supper and there was supper. But until supper was ready, I don't remember ever thinking about it. Do we now? Are you thinking now about what you're going to eat when you get home? As soon as he gets done with this, we can get out of here and get home. We're going to eat. What am I going to fix? Well, yeah, we got some soup. We got this. 
I got some donuts at home. I'm going to eat them things before they go bad. We don't want them to go to waste. (laughs) Surfeiting. It's excessive eating. Excessive indulgence. (laughs) And how many people do not have a problem with their weight? If you think you don't, go to the doctor. They'll tell you. (laughs) Oh, yes. One thing they can diagnose, and that's obesity. They can do that. Most people can eat out now. Most people eat out now. And many don't even keep food in their house. I know people who don't even have food in their house. They don't cook. They don't get nothing out of the refrigerator because there ain't nothing in it. If they get hungry, they go somewhere and get them something to eat. <laughs> That's why they got to carry Pepto-Bismol with them all the time. Yeah. And what's that other medicine uh, that you chugged that time? Imodium. Imodium, yeah. You got to keep that on, on hand, almost on tap, because you eat out in these filthy places. The world is filthy. Yes, and everybody's eating there all the time. And they're sick all the time. They always got stomach troubles all the time. Most people eat out. And, and this is referring to all that we take in, not just food and drink. Surfing. It involves and includes the overload of knowledge and drama that we indulge ourselves in also. There's people that said they have the TV on all the time with the news on. I've been in... Places where that's what they had on the TV all the time, 24-7. It's that news, you know, and that that terrible, dramatic sound that they play, you know. Bah, 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 bah. And then like they're going to say something, and then they don't even have nothing to say. You think, wow, something bad's happened somewhere in the world. And no, it's just their normal thing. It's just, yeah. Just beat your brains with their noise and their and, and that's what they do in war. I remember when old Manuel Noriega was down there in Panama holed up and they went down there to get him and that's why he was holed up in this place and they put speakers out there and played music so loud. Rock music. That drove him nuts. That was part of their strategy getting him out of there. Now the devil's got the whole media doing that to all of us yes. that will tolerate it yes. all the time. I don't know how people take it. <clears throat> I just don't know how anybody could stand to watch television the way it is now. No. I mean, over the waves. Nuts. <clears throat> Every commercial is screaming and hollering and rock music in the background. Heavy metal. You know. <laughs> And then the guy's hollering over the, you know, a car salesman. Roger, right, come on down. I'm telling you, we got bargains down here today. Just holler. Am I telling you the truth? Yes, sir. Why does it have to be that way? We listen to the old time radio a lot on XM radio, and they'll play vintage commercials from back in the 40s, 30s. You know what it is? A man talking. No music, no drama. Just a man's voice explaining to you why this is a good product and you need this. You can understand what he's saying. You know what he's talking about. He don't beat your brains and your eardrums with all of that and flashlights at you. But that's what we got. That's what these children are growing up in, see. Jesus warned us about this. This day's coming when it's going to be like this. It's going to be hard for you. Watch therefore, take heed to yourselves, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. uh, Drunkenness, according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, is this, intoxication, embriation, a state in which a person is overwhelmed or overpowered with spiritous liquors. Well, (laughs) that means he's drank too much whiskey. Or vodka. Or beer. And he's drunk. Out of his mind. 
so that his reason is disordered and he reels or staggers in walking. But listen to this. Drunkenness renders some persons stupid, others gay, others... <laughs> those bo Both of those words <laughs> have different meanings now than they did. Don't mean gay like you're thinking. Others sullen and others furious. Well, I know that from experience in life. I've watched people. I've watched drunks all my life. Some of them are just... Stupid means can't talk. They just... You know, I mean, that's the way it affects them. Others want to fight you. Others are just nothing but just happy, happy, happy. Yeah, and others just cry in their beer, you know. Drunkenness. I mean, that's quite an assortment of emotions, isn't it? Yes, that's what drinking does to you. You lose control of your emotions and your mind. Don't let this happen to you. Don't let this happen to you. In the times we're living, by all this rush, 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 by all this pressure, 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 by all this busyness. He's not exclusively referring to drunkenness with liquor here. I don't think so. But with all the pace of life, the busyness, that's the context here. The overwhelming torrent of knowledge that we are continually being exposed to. It's like a contest between everybody to see who knows the most about any given subject. Medicine, diet, food, you know, whatever. Everything's like a contest to see who's found out more than the other one first. So there's that unspoken pressure there all the time. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You feel that, don't you? You don't want to be the dummy. You don't want to be the, the one that don't know. So you gotta, you got to find out. Because you got to know as much as everybody else knows. Or more than everybody else knows. It should be very clear to anyone who's paying attention that we're living in perilous times. And the hearts of men are failing them because of all these things that are coming on the earth. People are scared to death. They really are. I would be too if I didn't know the Lord and I knew He was coming for me. I, knew, I know that He's not going to leave me here while He judges this earth, which is fixing to happen. If I didn't know that, I'd be scared to death too. I think about it sometimes. We were talking the other day about it, and I, I, that's what I told her. You know, I know that He's coming, and I know that he, He's fixing to take us out of here. But can you imagine being left here? And we all know people who are. There may be some sitting right here right now who will be left when He comes. The horror of that. I mean, this world's a bad place right now. It's wicked. I mean, dangerous, violent. But you just wait until all the salt and all the light is gone. You don't want to be here then. Have you noticed how people are so disconnected from what's happening around them? Driving down the road. Are people paying attention to what they're doing on the road driving? Of course not. And you've got to watch out. They're on their phones. They're playing with the radio. They're eating. Or they're just daydreaming. Or looking at squirrels. I don't know what they're doing, but they ain't paying attention to their driving. What did you tell me the other night coming back from Saxton in the dark? Here's a van crossways across both lanes, lanes of the four-lane highway. 65 mile an hour speed limit. Somebody crossways in the dark in the highway. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Have you noticed that everybody's disconnected, yeah. unplugged? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be plugged in, in tune. And everybody's it's having the opposite effect. Oh, yes. Nobody knows what up from down, right from left. They're confused as everything. Nobody knows anything. How about anything? You try to get some insurance problem straightened out. Oh, my it's so frustrating to me because I put it on, put it on because I don't want to get, I don't want to call them because when it's it's an hour sitting there listening to their stupid music. Yes, yes, exactly. 
or going 35 minutes and finally getting a person. I said, well, you, I'll have to transfer you to somebody. And then it goes, and it goes. See? Didn't used to be that way. You used to call the phone. You dial the deal like this. And it'd ring and somebody on the other end would speak to you. A real person. Yeah. Now, hello, please listen to the following menu. Our menu items might have changed. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Para Espanol. A prima. Uno. Y'all heard that one night down there at the bluff, didn't you? I remember talking to you on the phone. I was, okay. Mike was talking to me and Amy was on the phone or something and I heard it say that. They said something to her. And I told her what they said. <laughs> but but 11 menu items and it's just so frustrating. Yes. Well, there's a design by all that. Yep. Meant to do that to us. Yes. So we going to play into it? Got to keep from playing. Got to fight it. Yes, got to stand against it. You got to keep it from letting it Get a hold of your mind and your emotions or you'll be overcharged. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Get on the road and everybody's on the wrong side of the road and they're pulling out in front of me and they're ah! overcharged. I'm preaching to all of us now. Is anybody here? Say, nope, you ain't got me yet. Well, hang on. Uh, have you noticed how hard it is to concentrate and remember things? Everybody is having this problem. Well, it's these microwaves in there. Well, possibly might have a little to do with it, but I tell you, I think it's got more to do with just being too much in our minds. Thinking about too many things too much of the time. I'm having to work on this. As I get older, I'm having to work on it more and more because I've got to focus on what I'm doing. I've got to be able to think and concentrate on what I'm doing. I can't have people hollering at me and asking me questions and doing something else besides. and I just can't do it no more. I don't think very many people, other people can either. I don't think it's just me. I think it's everybody. People don't do things right. They just mess things up. The simplest things, simplest task, get all messed up because they're not thinking. They're, they are thinking, but they've got so much going on in there at the same time. Do you fight that? I, I, I do. I'll tell you, I do. I've... Um, you know, the sawmill and the house and over here and this and and then all the other little things that I have to do every day about this and that and bills and the other thing and, you know, and I'll just, I, I've got to stop myself from thinking about some of that. Say, nope, can't think about that now. This is what I've got to think about. Mm-hmm. I've got to, when I start out to the barn, I don't want to walk out there twice. So I stop and say, now, what am I going there for? Remember, this is what you're going out there for. Because so many times I've got out there and I opened the door and I said, what in the world did I come out here for? Well, you know what happened? I got to think about something else on the way out there and it flew away. My chicken scattered, see? Do your chicken scatter? <laughs> it's part of this deal. It's part of this deal. And it can only get worse and worse. See, I'm just preaching this because we got to get a hold of this thing. We got to get a hold of it. There seems to be always something all fouled up, and it's a nightmare to get it straightened out, like the insurance and bills and all of this. You know, Dad had a bill in St. Louis at the hospital. He was paying every month on. We set it up that way. Everything fine. Well, January came. The calendar rolled over and somebody pushed a button and deleted all of their information about all their people that were doing that. So then they start sending a bill. Total due. Immediately. Past due. Past due. Well, they were supposed to get it out of the bank. Well, I contacted them. Finally got some through to somebody. Wait 48 hours for a response. Well, it took them about that long to respond through the 
lightning fast internet. And they said, we're so sorry, but there was an error and all of these accounts were deleted. So we're trying to find them and put them all back together. And so don't worry, everything's okay. We'll fix it, blah, blah, blah. We just need this and this information. So I answered them back and said, but, you know, what about, you know, do I need to call or can I send it through here? Wait another 48 hours for response. They get everybody in a hurry. And then they do this to you. See? If you're not in a hurry, who cares? 48 hours. I just said, okay, 48 hours. I'll just wait 48 hours. My only problem is keeping dad to calm down and wait 48 hours. <laughs> so he won't send him a check. Wait another 48 hours. That's all right. I got time. Have you noticed that you usually have to make more than one attempt at getting a mess straightened out because they tell you it's fixed and it isn't? <laughs> Everything's that way. Everything's that way. All right, let me hurry here. Have you noticed that some pe- that people's word means nothing anymore? You know why they don't keep the word? Because they don't remember. They forget. What's the biggest excuse? I forgot. Do you accept that as a valid excuse for not keeping your word and doing what you said? No. Then why does everybody use it? Keep using it. Well, I'm sorry, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? That they'll tell you they'll do something or be somewhere at a certain time and they almost never do what they say. Been to the doctor lately? They say, come... 30 minutes early. They say for me to be over two hours early for this thing next week. And, uh, but you know what will happen? I'll be there two hours early and they'll be two hours late. I think if they make an appointment and they're, they're scheduled at 1.15, I think I ought to be able to see that doctor by 1.15. That's what they said. Now, if I show up an hour later and I, I say, you know, I suppose I've been here at one fifteen, but I couldn't make it. I got delayed, you know. What are they going to say? Oh, you missed your appointment. You're going to be charged for it anyway, but <laughs> you'll have to wait another day to see the doctor. All these things are because of overcharged hearts and minds. Their hearts are overcharged because of serving, drunkenness, and cares of life. This is the snare that Jesus said would come upon the whole earth before the last, in the last days before His coming. So most of us have read that little book about Henry. I mention every now and then. But that little book depicted very well what Jesus was talking about here. Uh, the man that wrote that book saw this... Uh, 60 years ago. He saw it coming. Well, as I, you know, we all see it, and I am warning about it today, but it seems that we're caught in the snare and can't escape it. (laughs) If you read that book about Henry, you'll see what I mean there. He's in, he's trapped. He can't, it's just like every decision he makes, he has to make that decision to take that next step which puts him in a position to have to make the next step. Getting the electricity. Getting the telephone. Then the appliance. You got electricity, you got to have appliances. You got all this, you got to have a car because you got to get places faster. They used to ride down the road, the gravel road to town in the in the wagon. And they knew every squirrel hole along the road and all the trees the boys did, but at 60 mile an hour, you don't see none of that. Life changed, and it was a trap, and he couldn't get out of it. We can separate. We're in this world, and we're living in this time, and we can go. We can't go and hide in a cave or manage our lives without being involved in it. We just can't. And I understand that. You understand that too. We may separate ourselves to some extent and try to control all this avalanche that is continually pouring upon us, but we cannot stop it all. So Jesus gave this warning here. Take heed 
to yourselves. Proverbs tells us in uh, uh, chapter 4 and verse 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's what I'm saying to you tonight. That's what we got to do. You know, well, wait just a minute. I'll wait to say that later if I don't forget it. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children and not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We're in the world. We're not of the world. It's possible for a child of God to keep his mind and his heart pure, even in these last days, with, with this snare dropping over the entire world. I believe it is. It's just going to be harder for us. Mm-hmm. It's going to take more effort. It's going to take more determination. More consecration. Yes, and it's going to have to be done by us. On purpose. It's possible to keep yourself from being overloaded. And drunk with the cares of life. And all that's going on around you. And it is possible to escape all those things in verse 36. That's what he said there. You know, that we'd be able to account, be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. So there is a way for us to escape, according to what he said. Take heed to yourselves means to hold your mind, to be aware, to pay attention, to be cautious about, to apply oneself to. I preached a lot to you about your mind and girding up the loins of your mind, about controlling your spirit, about having control of your mind, your thoughts and your emotions. You have to realize that it's a real danger to your soul and to the souls of your children and others if you don't take heed to yourself. I want to talk Wednesday night, if Lord willing, on the hypocrisy thing some more. And some of this is... Very important stuff. You have to realize that it's affecting you. And it's robbing you of peace and blessings and fellowship and knowledge of God. And then you have to do something about it. First, you have to realize that it's affecting you. Do you realize that this, all this is affecting you? Your life? If it affects you, it's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your home. It's going to affect everything. If, it is, if it's affecting you, then it's robbing you of time that you could devote to reading, studying, praying, spending time with the Lord. It's robbing you of that. You're trading that, that good part, for that that has no value and is nothing but a curse. How that, what can we do to escape this snare? Well, Jesus said to watch and pray always. Well, isn't that what I'm trying to say to you? Only he put it in such fewer words. Watch and pray always. Watch. Not That doesn't necessarily mean watch for him coming. Watch what's going on. Watch yourself. Take heed to yourself. Watch. Be aware of when your mind is being affected by the rush. By the busyness. By the pressure. Peter gave us some clear instruction here. He said to gird up the loins of your mind. That means to bind up. To surround with something like a cloth. Or to, to enclose, to encircle, to encompass. Put a wall around your mind. You don't have to let everything that floats through the air come into your mind. And you don't have to let anybody in this world speak to you and put into your mind whatever they want to put into your mind. You can shut it off. Yes, sir. That's what it's going to take. You're going to have to shut off some things. Just turn it off. Don't need it. Don't want it. Won't allow it. It's an attack. A spiritual attack. On me, on my mind, on my spirit, on my heart. Loins means protective power. Don't leave your mind open to receive whatever's thrown at it. 
Control what enters into your mind. Keep a watch and prevent things from entering into your mind. You know, you see a lot of things and and like, uh, you know, they'll, even like on social media and stuff, they'll warn you, don't, you know, they got a thing over, this may contain sensitive information. What does everybody do? <laughs> Click on it. See what it is. When you know something bad's coming, why you want to just open the doors and say, come on exactly. in. Yes, if the world will warn you, something bad's fixing. We're, we're, here comes something bad. Open up. <laughs> we ought to have more sense than that. We shouldn't even have to have them tell us. There's a lot of other things they don't tell us about that's bad. And they, they throw it at us and we open our mouth and take it. Open our mind and let it in. He said, to be holy in all manner of conversation. Be discerning about what you look at, hear, talk about, identify with, and involve yourself in. Ask yourself the question. Always ask yourself the question. Is this thing holy or is this thing profane? That'll slow you down if you do that. Is this really holy, what I'm thinking about, what I'm listening to, what I'm looking at? Everything in the world is not holy. And, and everything in the world is not against God. You know, I mean, that you got to have some balance there. But I'm talking about things that are profane and defiled, evil. They should certainly be stopped. Don't you think? Yes. So, don't let... He said also, do not fashion yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. Don't let your desires control your life. Listen to me. Don't let your desires control your life. And don't let your desires be created and fanned by the world. If you don't have the money to buy a new car, don't go to the dealership and start looking at new cars. Yes, sir. And if you don't have money in the bank to pay for it, don't go on Amazon and start shopping or on the on the local yard sale thing and looking what everybody's got. Yes, sir. It creates desires. Looking creates desires. <coughs> That affects your life. Don't let your life, don't let your desires control your life. He said, be sober on purpose. Be serious about life and about yourself and others. Don't be foolish and looking at everything as a joke or as something light and frivolous. Think, think, think. Don't be a numbskull. Don't be dull and stupid. Don't allow your mind to simply drift around where it may. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. Everybody knows that and it's true. Mm -hmm. Think about those things that will edify and help you and keep you from being caught up in all this surfing, drunkenness, and cares of life. Seth spent a few weeks in the Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, and we all know what that's talking about. If there be any, you know... It, uh, what, yeah, let me get down to it here. I didn't want to read all of that because we're getting long here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on purpose. Get a hold of your mind and you'll have control of your life. But it's in the mind, see? It's our mind that they're messing with all the time. It's our mind that's agitated all the time by the rush, 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 and the overload of things to think about. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta choke it down some way. The, the flow is too much for us. We're overcharged. We got too much coming in. It's more than we can swallow. Yes. So we gotta turn that faucet down a little bit. Decrease the flow. So that means shut her off. Shut her off here and there and there. Don't need to know that stuff anyway. 
If we want to survive, we better take heed to ourselves, and we better do it now. Don't think that just because you're saved, you cannot be taken with the rest of this world in this snare Jesus spoke about, and, and, and your end will be different than theirs. The true children of God are those who will be counted worthy to escape all these things. So will you escape? Are you prepared to escape? Are you going to escape, or are you going to continue being swept along with the flood? How long has it been since you just sat down and did nothing but listen to a song? Without any interruptions, without thinking about something else, without doing something else while you're listening to it. Think about that. People used to, that was the way you did it. You didn't play music while you're doing everything else. If there was music, everything stopped. Everybody listened to the music. Not in our world today. Music is background noise. How long has it been since you just went somewhere quiet by yourself and just sat there and think? Ain't too many people want to do that because they don't like themselves. They don't want to be alone with themselves. They, their mind is spinning and reeling so fast that they can't... It's painful for them to be alone and still and quiet. But boy, it's sure good for you. If you've got time to prepare and plan, plan and prepare and fix and eat a meal then we ought to be able to make time to sit down and listen to a song. We ought to have time to sit down somewhere by ourselves and think. We ought to have time to sit down and read the Word of God and study. You know, you can't just grab this on your way through while you're eating your biscuit and, and read a little bit of it and then you're ready. That is not how it works. No. God won't cooperate with you. He won't cooperate with you. I know the, the only way that it opens up is when you spend some time. They call it quality time. They call it time, uh, how is it, one-on-one, uh, total, what, what's the word I'm searching for? Total attention. No distractions. Undivided attention. Undivided attention. There you go. That's a good way to put it. How long has it been since you sat down with your husband or your wife and just talked with and gave them undivided attention? Who gets undivided attention anymore? Very few people. Even between husbands and wives. With your children. Mm -hmm. When do they get undivided attention? It's like there's always something in the background playing. There's two or three songs going on at once and this is just another one and you, every, it's just shuffle, 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 shuffle. And when it's like that, nobody gets nothing. It's all lost. We're, God made us so that we can handle one thing at a time real well, but not all this multitasking, they call it. <clears throat> Take heed to, our, to yourselves. It's very important. It's life changing when you understand this and you do something about it. What is frustrating to a wife? Now, you know, I catch it sometimes. I do. You say, You didn't listen to what I said. No, sorry. I was, something else got my mind, you know, because <clears throat> I'm in it too, see, I've got to work on myself too, I've got this and this and this and this, you know, and, you know, if you're going to tell me something, tell me, I mean, let's don't start in South America somewhere and go around the world, I mean, come on, but we shouldn't be in that big a hurry, I work on it, I try not to be that way. You know, try to, you know, put your phone down. Turn the other stuff off, whatever else is off. Whatever else you got that's getting your attention, get rid of it. Give some undivided attention to your loved ones. It's very important in the time we're living in. They, it's, It's very valuable to them. 
Brother Pete wrote the other day about having it, making a do-over. He said, I want a do-over. But he said, there's no such a thing. But he said, if I could, he said, I wish you would listen to an old man who's made a lot of mistakes because he said, if I could do it over, he said, I'd slow down. And he said, I wouldn't work so much, not even in the Lord's business, busyness. He said, I'd spend more time with my kids, Mm. quality time. And I'd listen to them. But you don't realize that until it's... Well, when you got grandchildren, you you realize that. That's why when they say, you know, Papa, will you play checkers with me? Well, I just kind of let everything else go. Play checkers. This ain't going to last too long. It's a brief opportunity. And other things can wait. What's the little poem about dust bunnies? Uh, dust of your must. Yeah. Yeah. Dust if you must. Yeah. No, that ain't it. That's not that what it said. I wish I could remember the first part. The second is Dust be silent? Yeah. Dishes be silent and dust go to sleep. I'm mocking my baby. And yeah. baby's talking. Yeah. So. You got to figure out what's important. And what life is really about. And then do that. Instead of letting it be stolen away from you by this rat race of a world. That's under the control of the devil. And the devil steals all everything of value from us. Don't let it happen. Let's just don't let it happen. Slow down. Just slow down. Learn to wait. Amen. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the words of of wisdom, the information you've given us about the time we're living in, and then the words of wisdom, how to deal with it. Lord, you've given us enough here to keep us busy thinking and studying about it. I pray you'd help us to to resist this awful snare that's upon the whole world. I pray we'd take time and make the time count, redeem the time while we have a chance. <clears throat> Lord, help us. Go with us now. I pray you'd bless each home here this week. pray you'd help all of us in the things we have to do in this world. Help us to be the salt of the earth like Seth talked about this morning. The, help us to be the light of the world. Help us to make a difference. Help us to touch somebody's life with kindness, with the Word of God. Lord, with any, in any means that you make available to us, please use us. Help us to be usable. Work in our lives, I pray. And make our church uh, fruitful. I pray that we'd make a difference. Help us, Lord, I pray. Now go with us. And we love you. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. I was talking today there, and I was talking to Seth about it, but like studying, I have to sit down, and I have to just go to work reading. I have to just go to work trying to get my mind to clear. Mm-hmm. And at first... I can read and I, I, you know, I'm just reading it and, you know, I'm thinking about it, but it's just there. It's like what I've read always before. But if I'll stick with it long enough, if I'll just keep shutting everything else out and keep reading and meditating and studying on what I'm reading, there's a point where it all just, it just all comes to life. You've got to spend time. You can't grab it on the run. It just don't work that way. Brother Parker always used to say, God don't give blessings on the credit. That's right. He was right about that. Yeah, if my people, which are called by my name, there's a lot of ifs in the Bible. 
That's a conditional thing. If you'll do this, I'll do that. So, God help us if we'll seek His help, if we'll put in a real effort. Lord, open the Bible to you too. I mean, that's not just me, that's everybody. If you'll just sit down and apply yourself to read and study and understand, you stick with it long enough and God will just, He'll just suddenly open it up to you. And then it's just like more than you can handle. It's just like, that's what David was talking about when he said, my cup runneth over. <laughs> Ain't that quite a saying? Quite an expression? How could you say it any more expressively than that? My cup runneth over. I, I've preached enough. We'll go home. Or we can stay here and talk for now. Whatever y'all want to do. Think about all this. Do something about it. This week.